Hello and welcome to the Elevens Podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Jude. We're passionate about cars and we also happen to sell supercars for a living. On this weekly show, we discuss cars of all sorts from our unique perspective. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello from Chile, Texas, where it is a nice, cool 93 degrees Fahrenheit at 8 p.m. in the evening. Hi, Ben. How are you? Oh, man, it's so hot here. It's it's a sweltering 67 degrees here in, in Massachusetts. You know I'm what? dying I'm over here. so glad I left. I don't think I'd be able to handle that kind of heat. <laughs> um, well, welcome back to the Elevens podcast. <laughs> Um, also known today, as the sauna yes yes where we talk about cars and many other things like lakes and rivers and the weather um, <laughs> on this episode uh it's been apart from our last episode last week it's been what three months since our last episode yeah sure we'll go Something with that like that and in that time um quite a few cars have come out so we both gathered our a list of, of cars that we want to talk about um, and some things that we want to talk about that have happened in that time. So, uh, Jude, yeah. do you want to kick us off with something? Yeah. What, uh, what sort of, what, I guess, what do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about the French. And by the French, I actually mean the Germans because it's Bugatti. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> oh, but I guess it's also the Croatians now. Because it's Bugatti yeah, Irma. Yeah, um, it's a yeah. So, I don't know, dude. <laughs> it's a little it's confusing. Like every other post on social media, and this is—I don't know if this is just the algorithm doing its thing, or maybe Bugatti are doing a really huge marketing push. But it's about the Bugatti Bolide, which mm-hmm. is a car that I've thought about maybe once since it was revealed back in uh, 2021, 2020, something like that. Anyway, uh, they have a—they have released or revealed like an actual production version of this car that was originally you know announced a couple years ago now uh and they're doing active testing and adjustments and development um but the thing is wild it's a it's bugatti right so it's an eight liter quad turbo w16 uh (laughs) the numbers uh, always boggle my mind yeah with bugattis (laughs) the uh the concept just the uh, big numbers (laughs) yeah Think of the biggest number you can think of, and that that's it. They put that and in double the car. It. Yeah. Oh, double it and give it to the next person, <laughs> but then also put it in the car. Uh, the concept was uh, rated at 1,850 PS, uh, which is 825 uh, Freedom Horses. Uh, the production version is down to only... You mean 1,800. What? What? 1,800? 1800? No, 1,850 PS, 1,825 yeah. horsepower. I think you said 800 horsepower. Oh, I... I just wanted I'm to just, clarify. I don't know. I'm just so overwhelmed with these big numbers. I don't know what to do with them. My my little Ferrari brain is busted right now. Um, yeah. The <laughs> it's been three months and I'm already Ferrari arised. That's a thing. Uh, the production version is down to 1600 PS or 1578 horsepower American. So the thing is wild. It's supposed to be like a you know carbon. Oh, they're all carbon now. But you know, like a lightweight. Uh, track version it's a track day toy so you know think of all the track day toys that have been released over the last few years the fxx cars the um what was the uh the uh aston martin one that we talked about you know what i mean they have the 
road version. But they did the, the Vulcan the version. Um, and then more recently, the Valkyrie AMR Pro. That's right, Valkyrie. Um, I keep, dude, I keep wanting to say Valhalla, but that's a different car. Um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, th- the thing is wild. It's just crazy. It's got the, the crazy X headlight LED graphic, which is just so cool. Um, it's a, That's supposed to be a tribute to like the Bell X1 concept planes, the first plane to break the sound barrier. Oh, really? Uh, was I the didn't X1, know that. piloted by Chuck Yeager. I was a plane nerd for a long time when I was a little kid. I had, like, these big binders where you bought, like, packs of cards that you put into this big binder. It's like a three-hole punch binder, and each individual card was, like, stats about a specific plane. So, anyway... Uh, we're That's gonna, cool. We're going to do Eleven's I, uh, plane podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so I, yeah, I would love to get into planes, but I have too many expensive hobbies that I can't afford as it is. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't need another one. <laughs> I, I decided to dip my toe very briefly into like learning a little bit about private planes. Instantly regretted it. Because there's, there's so many, like in our space, yeah. in automotive, so many cars, and even like in our very specialized area that we work in with supercars, hypercars, you know, ultra luxury even, there's still so much to keep track of. So like going back to the Bugatti Bolide, he's a very exclusive, very expensive, it's 4 million euros, this thing, very exclusive, very expensive, limited to 40 units, right? And this is just mm-hmm. one of dozens of cars that i've thought about in the last 24 hours you know (laughs) right (laughs) so anyway um so the bow lead uh yeah so they're doing a big marketing push so it's been kind of interesting for me to catch up on what the car is and what it's supposed to do um you know it's kind of like a an homage to the you know bugatti le mans type of stuff you know um it's it's just cool, but it's again, it's one of those things where like you can't drive it on the road. It's obscenely expensive, and it's more of like a concept or like a proof of Bugatti saying, "Well, this is what we can do," you know? Right, right. I think it's super cool. I think the the rear view is just bonkers with the like you said the X yeah shaped taillights and the quad exhaust in the middle. Yeah, it looks like a jet. It's really cool. You know, I like butts, and that's a good butt on that, that car. Is, that it's is a, a fantastic butt. <laughs> a butt on a, a bug. Uh, anyway. Um, a bug butt? <laughs> bug butt. <laughs> uh, this uh, podcast took a turn. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's cool. It's supposed to, like, the interior is supposed to be pretty similar to, like, what you get in the Chiron, but it's more Alcantara, less leather. So it's less luxurious, it's more stripped out, more purposeful. Um, some of the stats are insane. Keep in mind, um, you know, when car manufacturers, and this is like a little known thing, I think, the casual person, when they see the stats of a car, don't realize that a lot of those stats are theoretical, right? Mm-hmm. So when a concept or a new car is announced, it hasn't actually gone through like real world production version testing to definitively say this is how much power it makes this is how fast it goes this is how quickly it decelerates this is the top speed it's all theoretical for the most part even things like the weight like you can say that the car has a curb weight of 1240 kilograms but what does that even mean once you actually like 
make it legal you know <laughs> what happens right. when you actually put the necessary emission stuff in it G- granted this isn't road legal air quotes you know what i mean it's supposed to be a track day thing um but still just to keep this in mind but the numbers are insane uh zero to 100 kilometers an hour 2.2 seconds the car doesn't i'm sorry little, it's 2.2 seconds wow the car does not have an electric motor that's and, it, and it'll do zero to one hundred kilometers an hour in two point two seconds. And is that Allegedly. that claim is based on okay? The, it's theoretical. It's it's still running, in development and all right. that. So it's running through their simulations and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, zero to four hundred to zero, or like zero to two hundred fifty miles per hour to zero, twenty four point sixty two seconds. For comparison. The new world record, thanks to the Koenigsegg-Regera, it is 28.81 seconds. So Koenigsegg, a number of years ago, with the Agera RS, um, set the world record for accelerating from 0 to 400 kilometers an hour back to 0, which is a weird thing, but they did it. Um, Which is approximately 250 miles an hour. Correct, yeah. Uh, they did that with the Regera, um, sorry, with the Gera RS uh, at 33.29 seconds. The Rimats Nevera, I think that was one of the records that they broke. Like in one single day, they broke like 20,000 records all in one go. They just said, okay, we're just going to try to hit as many Guinness things as possible. So they did it. Yeah. So Koenigsegg came back and they did um, 0 to 400 back to 0 in 28.81 seconds. But that so that's actually tested, that's proven, uh, verified, you know. Um, and uh, they said, and interestingly enough, uh, welcome back to the Eleven's Tire podcast. Uh, <laughs> a big big reason why they're able to do that is because they now have the uh, Michelin Cup Two R tires, yep. which weren't available back in the day. Um, tires go a long way. So tires matter. They did that twenty eight point eight one seconds. The bow lead, theoretically can do that same feat in 24.62 seconds according to their simulations so four which, seconds faster which while that is extremely impressive i think that actually just makes the koenigsegg even more impressive because that's a road legal car on road legal tires a doing... car a car that debuted in 2017 no, 2015. I'm 2015. Sure. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. 2015. Yeah. And then so, two years later, they actually started deliveries. I think. Right. I think that's what it was. Uh, a few years. It took a few so, years because yeah. they, like you, like we, like we said, you know, when they unveil the car, there's still a lot of development to be done. So. But that's yeah, crazy. Very, it's very out, impressive stuff. The Regera is out of production. It's all delivered out. It's old news, as they say. <laughs> yeah. And yet, but. Still breaking records. Um, they 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 asked them, um, <laughs> why do it with uh with an out of production car? And they said, because uh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder uh, what kind of records they're gonna try to um to do going forward with um some of their new stuff. Like obviously oh, the absolute. Like the, the absolute. They're gonna go yeah. for the top speed record. I cannot wait for that. That's going to be, 
I wonder when they'll and where they'll actually do that. Yeah, I don't... I mean, it's going to be another airstrip type of thing in Nevada, probably. I mean, that's where they yeah, did it with the... Yeah, but the one in uh, Nevada that isn't Europe. even an airstrip. They just shut down the highway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. I don't know. So. Um, but, I mean, Koenigsegg have said, and we've mentioned it on the podcast, I'm sure, plenty of times, they're not interested in top speed records anymore. Um, not anymore, but, I mean... With the absolute, I'm sure that this after the, after that car, right, right, and, and so. then maybe the next one. But and, who knows? And then, maybe, and then with like for realsies, we're we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll set a top speed record with the um, the absolute, and then a few years later, a new tire will come out, and then they'll break the record again. Why? Because they can. Because um, they can. <laughs> um. So that's the Bugatti. That's the the Koenigsegg. Um, I'm interested to see, um, you know, if uh, if Rimacht's do anything um, moving forward. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll, you know. In terms of responding sm- to the record, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I wonder, actually, now that now I'm curious what tires the Rimac was on. I'm 99.9% sure that was on uh, Cup 2R's. Because oh, yeah. uh, that car from factory comes with that tire, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Okay. It's funny. I didn't even realize that there was an R version of the Cup 2s until there was yeah. the record the other day. Let's see. Custom developed tires. Oh, this is still referring it to as the C2, so I don't think I need to. I should read. Uh... Is it on Pirelli's, I wonder? I think it. Mm. I don't want to like publicly burn a tire bridge here, but I will say the Michelin is way way better than anything Pirelli has right now. You can say from experience that at 250 miles an hour, the Michelins really feel way more stable than the Pirellis. You look at any kind of testing. Um, you have cars that are equivalent um running on pirellis and then you run that same car on a michelin cup 2 or cup 2r and it and it you gain seconds um yeah. i don't remember what was it evo magazine maybe um you know they'll test the mclaren 765 lt with pirelli p0 courses and you think it would do better than something else that they'll test on a Michelin Cup 2 and just, you know. Um, okay, so the tires... Okay, so the tires on the Rimats are the Michelin Pilot Support 4Ss, so the PS4Ss. That's the factory tire. Um, during that record, I don't know what they had for tires. Let's look it up. You can hear me clacking away. Okay, Rimats <laughs> Nevera sets 23 performance records in a single day. I was... Slightly exaggerating, but you know, they did they 20 did million, that. 23, same thing. <laughs> it's, there's a two in there somewhere. Um, yeah. I wonder if they talked about what tires they ran. Let's look. So, Race Logic did the verification for both um, the Rimots and the Koenigsegg. So, it's nice to see consistency. I don't see anything about tires anywhere on here. 
Hmm. I'm wondering if I could, um, if you watch the video though, if, uh, I'm just going to hit the video and we can keep talking while this is playing in the background. And if they do a close up of the tires, then I'll say something. Um, okay. but yeah, tires go a long way. Um, also, so the, the theoretical top speed of the bow lead while we're at it is 311 miles per hour. Um, <laughs> 311 theoretical. Why yeah. would they gear it that much that that way if it's a track car? I That's really interesting. Don't know. I really don't. To me, that's. It's. I don't know. Like, Bugatti being Bugatti. You like, would think is it's it supposed to be. I don't know. They had some like insane stats too about like in their simulations it laps the Nurburgring and some crazy thing. You know, I, I don't know. Faster than the Porsche hybrid thing mm-hmm. um so i just saw a close-up of the tires they are michelins they have some like checkered flag looking graphic on it so they might be actually some variant of the cup twos um let me try to time this right this is a very <laughs> fast video i wish they would just like do a close-up of the tire that's all i want they must have done some sort of a close-up shot can you, can you text your rep, please? <laughs> Find out. Be like, it's very important. It's for the podcast. Let's see. <laughs> it says Pilot Sport. Ah, this <laughs> We're spending a lot of time on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have to... But this is going to bug me. Just like the Purasangwe doors. Oh, don't bring that up. <laughs> I think they're called welcome doors. Yeah, I don't know. There's some kind of Michelin tire, so better than a Pirelli. Okay. Let's go. Anyway, um, <laughs> they'll come up with something. Yeah. And then if, like, you know, it's just going to be, um, you know, who else is, like, in the running? Hennessy's up there with the Venom F5. Um, SSC Tuatara, if they ever stop cheating, they, they might have a fast car. Do you know Man, about I that? Feel right? so, yeah, I, I don't know the full story. I don't know if anybody really does, but I just, part of me feels bad for them because they, their credibility is gone now. Yeah. It just is. Like if yeah. they break another record and they do it legitimately, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, there's it wasn't always going to be an element of skepticism. It, when they retested, it wasn't off by like a few miles per hour. It was off by like 30, 40 miles per hour or something like that. Right. Right. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be so um, disappointing if like you had one on order and all this stuff happened. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a cool car and, you know, it's still an engineering feat to make anything go even remotely that fast. But, you know, it must suck as, like, a, you know, marketing debacle for a small, young, plucky company like them, you know? Yeah, like, like it just taints they don't ha- the they don't image. Have the, yeah, they don't have the backing or the prestige of a name like Bugatti or Ferrari or Koenigsegg or anything, you know? Yeah. Or even Hennessy, yeah. for that matter. Um, right. Yeah, it's too bad. I want to see if Gordon Murray could build a top speed car. He you know accidentally I mean? did. He he accidentally did with the F with the McLaren <laughs> F1. Correct. Yep. Yep. What's the which T50's, is such a flex uh, every time he talks about it? 
It's like, oh yeah, we we geared it the way we wanted, and it just happened to go up to two hundred and forty something miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's the top speed on the two hundred seventeen miles per hour is the top speed on the T fifty. So not even close, but that's not what it's for. Right. Um, it'd be interesting if they at least try to do a top speed car, uh, but they're doing EV stuff. Wait, what? Gordon Murray. Really? Yeah. I didn't read about this. How much do we know about it? I mean, obviously he hasn't unveiled anything. It's the... No. I think they're doing... What's the story? They're Gordon Murray Design, whatever, is like their sister company. They have some kind of restructuring. Man, this is a great podcast episode. We're really good at this. Um... (laughs) That's really uh, interesting because with the um, T-33, it very clearly showed that his clients are very interested in his analog stuff because he offered a automatic transmission option for the T-33. Gordon Murray Technology is developing two electric SUVs. Uh, That doesn't sound right. That is on topgear.com. They did I have a restructuring. Know what right? to they, say to that? They shuffled stuff around. He's now the executive chairman. Um, so the new technology arm brings together the existing design and electronics departments and will oversee every aspect of vehicle development, design, and manufacturing as it enters into projects with other manufacturers. So it seems like they're doing like um, I don't know a thing where they're like developing platforms and developing cars that are going to be sold as whatever Chinese brand, you know, that's probably, this is, this is me speculating. This is not me reading an article anymore. Okay. Kind of like, just you know, you have, so yeah. Opposite to his philosophy. I mean, you, like you he wouldn't like want what pin and Farina did for years, designing cars for other manufacturers. You have like what mag, uh, was it mag magna Steyr? you know, yeah, but I mean, um, Pininfarina is still still doing that. The Batista is still, I mean, that's their own is car. Is a, a Rimac? Oh, that's the opposite then. What do you mean? Pininfarina didn't make a car for other companies. They took another company's car and built a car around it. It's the yeah, opposite. Yeah, but they're, they're they're a design house. Not anymore. They stopped designing cars for other companies. Right. But they, I guess they've never done their own car, but they're still, right. it's not really their own car. It's a Rimac. Right. Branded so. as a Pininfarina. In my mind, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> In my <laughs> mind, it's the opposite, but okay. Uh, oh, Rimac is, is a good example. They they license out their technology and their stuff for, to other companies. I mean, you know, part of the partnership with the Volkswagen Group before they, you know, took over Bugatti was, you know... Porsche would invest in Rimats and Rimats would let them use their EV stuff. Same thing with Koenigsegg. Right. Koenigsegg's hybrid and EV technology they they took from Rimats as part of a deal. Right. So anyway, right. We're, this is a weird tangent. How did we end up here? But here we are. I Gordon Murray's making two electric SUVs. This is exciting. I I still don't believe this. I don't, I don't know. What you should believe is that they're going to be lightweight. <laughs> How do you make an EV that's lightweight? Gordon Murray makes it. 
I guess. <laughs> should we? Why do, should we? Go why do to I a feel different like I've tangent? upset you? Well, because, maybe because you did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like your your analogy with Rimac and selling technology to other companies makes sense yeah. because they're a technology company. And so is this. This is Gordon Murray uh, technology. But his whole, like, I feel like the whole reason why he created this and is doing this is to continue making, like, keeping oh. the analog experience yeah. alive, correct? they are. And they will continue making cars. Yeah. So, like, you know, whatever comes after the T50 and the T33, they're still going to continue making analog cars. This is a money play because he's got really good engineers and really good designers. And so he's like, we need to continue to fund what we actually want to do. So oh, EVs are the future. Okay. Let's develop new EV platforms and new technologies, sell them to other brands. They sell their cars in Europe and Asia, and we continue to have money to make the T60 or whatever, you know? Yeah, I guess so. It just, it makes more sense for Rimac because it's sort of trickle down technology because they're building their, sure doing bleeding edge stuff with their hypercars and that trickles down to technology that can be used more day to day. But all the stuff that they want, that Gordon Murray wants to develop is sort of in the opposite of where tech is going. So they'd sort of be developing two separate things. He does have an appreciation for EVs and what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I know he does. So I know he does. But does that make you feel a little bit better? As long as he keeps building analog cars, he will. That's what that's yeah. what'll keep me happy. Okay. Well, you know what's gonna really cheer you up? The I BMW some sarcasm. M- <laughs> yes, the BMW <laughs> M2 is the last BMW manual. You know that doesn't make me as sad as you might think. <sighs> Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So supposedly. Um, the M2 is going to be the, the final BMW manual as of like right now, you know, that's what they're thinking. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, partly because of, you know, consumer demand, but also because of um, manufacturers, suppliers, right. You know, so BMW gets their transmissions from ZF and as consumer demand for manuals continues to not only hit rock bottom, but go into the basement. Um, you know, it just doesn't make sense for them to continue producing manual transmissions. So, yeah. We'll see what ends up happening. I mean, ultimately, we've had this conversation for years. You know, hashtag save the manuals and all that. But automatics are faster. Never mind dual clutch. And then if you're Koenigsegg, you don't even need a transmission. You know? Right. So. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. How do you feel about that, I mean... Because you said it doesn't upset you as much as, you know, my kind of joke setup was just a good try. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it doesn't upset me as much as you might think because of what I've read about the car, which is that it better it's better suited with an automatic. A lot of the journalists have that have driven the manual M2, the new one, have said after driving the auto version, they prefer the auto version. It just feels quicker and more responsive and it just that transmission suits the car better. Um, the journalists have sold out (laughs) and sometimes that's true um i don't know manuals make sense in some cars more than others and i don't know 
I agree that obviously the auto is objectively better, but there's always that element of emotion that you're going to be missing a little bit. I mean, I shouldn't say completely because there is a lot of engagement in some of these new auto transmissions, um, you know, driving stuff like McLarens and even not even supercar stuff, you know, um, those DCTs can be pretty engaging. Very, very good. um, There, there's just something about rowing your own gears. That's just, it just hits different. And you know what? Surprisingly, this is coming out of left field. Uh, Toyota agrees because they are, (laughs) they're testing a prototype of an EV sports car with a manual transmission and a clutch pedal. Fascinated by this. I think, so we, we talked a little bit about, what is uh, happening? (laughs) I don't understand. Do you remember I had mentioned that I thought it would be cool if there was an electric Miata of sorts? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we had that whole conversation. Uh, listen to yeah. that podcast if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, what if there was a way to stick a manual in there? How cool would that be? Why not? Right? I, I feel like that wouldn't be that even that hard. Yeah. You would have, I mean... I guess the yeah. only the only difference would be like instead of putting the motors <clears throat> excuse me instead of putting the motors by the wheels you just put the motor inboard and have the transmission you, you just cuz EVs don't have transmission so just add one um right you yeah cuz I mean the way that it works right now it's direct drive for most EVs right so your axle for simplicity's sake, you know what I mean? It just comes straight out of the electric motor. So it's one-to-one. As the electric motor spins, so does everything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, by doing a transmission, I'm thinking now, like, maybe you don't need to have an electric motor that makes as much power, right? <coughs> because if you do, like, a six-speed transmission, let's, let's do four. Let's say four-speed transmission just for the sake of this thought experiment, Right? You don't have to have an electric motor that does a ton of power because, you know, you're going to be shifting into the next gear before it runs out of steam. <laughs> right. Um, we're going to go real old school here. Um, steam cars. Remember those? <laughs> um, but yeah. So apparently, the, the I, I don't know. I don't know. Toyota chairman Akio Toyota revealed the details after driving the prototypes. They have a running and driving prototype. Ooh, that gets me excited. <laughs> But this I would is drive what's, one of those. What's throwing me for a loop is he mentioned hearing an engine noise in the car, inside the cabin. Nah. So no, the, let's not do that. He said, quote, <laughs> you hear the engine noise inside the car and you have a manual transmission with a clutch. You truly do not notice you are driving an electric car. The only thing missing is the smell of gasoline. This is according to an interview with uh, Automotive News, by the way. Now, see, if if you're going to do it, it has to be its own thing. You can't make it replicate too much. Like, it, it's going to be just trying to be something and never really fulfill that. Yeah. They have to make it its own thing. So, like, I was more imagining, like, you know, when they when they make these more raw EV race cars that aren't road legal... You just it just sounds like a giant 
RC car where it's like this really high pitched whine, yeah. you know? It's like so a I'm just picturing that. The extreme. Yeah, that's like what instead I want. of going through the RPMs, it's that. It's just like, like a this, scream. This high pitch. Yeah. That would be that's, cool. It is cool. I like that. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Toyota, um, if you're listening, do that. I, I want them to like do like focus group testing or they have like test drivers or as like whatever this prototype is continues through development. I want everybody who drives it just to be like, that's stupid. Make it stop making that noise. Like, <laughs> why do you need to hear? What, and like, what are you even simulating? Is it going to be a Corolla motor or like, is it going to sound like a Supra inside the cabin? But like, why? Yeah. You bought an electric sports car with an, with a, a manual transmission. You know that this is what you bought. Why do I need to be convinced that it's something else? I don't like know. If you want noise, go buy something else with a combustion engine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But if it made those like electric car like raw noises, that yeah. that'd be cool. I'd be down for that. A lot of that stuff is toned down in like, you know, the Kia EV6 wind or like the Ionic, you know what I mean? Those kind of cars they are meant to be more quiet and stuff and insulated and everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, put a high power electric motor in it and make it sound like the um, McMurtry. Yeah. Because <laughs> that yeah. thing is bonkers. And it sounds like a, I don't know, it sounds like a banshee straight out of hell. Dude, yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite cars that has come out in recent time. Yeah. It's just so funky. It looks like a Batmobile that's been shrunken around a person. <laughs> yeah. It's like the proportions are all weird, right? And watching it's watching so videos narrow. of it launch with the fans on, it looks yeah. so fake. Yeah. That's how fast it is. I didn't think it was real. When I yeah. you know, when they were uh in the ramp up to Goodwood. Uh Yep. So last year or the year before? Last year, right? I think so. Uh yeah, twenty twenty two. Um, so if you don't know what we're talking about, this is a very, this is, we're super, super niche right now. Um, McMurtry is like a really small outfit from the UK. Um, and at Goodwood last year, they ran their electric car. That's just stupid, stupid fast. Um, yeah. look it up. The thing looks wild. Like Ben said, it looks like a, a Batmobile that was trucking down. Um, I, I loved watching, um, if you watch one video on it, watch the Goodwood run, and then right after that, watch Henry Catchpole driving it. <laughs> that video was so good. Just like every video he's in, but it was really He's good. like the most mellow, calm, like, you know, reviewer, and he's in that car, and he's, like, losing his mind. It, you know, you can tell, like, this is frying his brain being in, in that thing and going that fast. So, yeah. anyway, loved it. Love that. Um, so, yeah, give me that, but in a Toyota with a stick shift. Right, yeah. You know what's, cool what else again, would I guess. be interesting. I don't know. You know what else would be interesting going forward with EVs? Um, and the new Mission X um, popped this into my brain. Yeah, um, Porsche. So Porsche announced a new concept that's actually pretty close to production, right? According to Porsche. Um, yeah, I'm not convinced with the interior, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't said that they're going to build it, but they said that like it could be built. I don't know. They're kind of being yeah. vague about it. Um, it's this hypercar, I mean, all electric. But what I was going to say was um, weight distribution, right? Um, I thought it was interesting that instead of putting the battery pack on the floor, they put it almost as if it were an engine behind the um, occupants. 
to keep the it yeah. almost handling like a mid-engine car that's cool um i thought that was interesting i always thought that you would want it to be on the floor because because you can you can't yeah. do that with a combustion engine car but i guess in handling dynamics that might make more sense to the driver um so i wonder if in like ev sports cars that could trickle down into like what we were saying with an electric miata where they put the batteries sort of under the hood where the engine would be okay so that way it's sort of it still handles like a front engine car I feel like that's a thing that somebody does in their shed when they're doing an EV conversion of something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, because you kind of work with what you got. I but mean, that, obviously, it would be way more cleanly done yeah. by a product by a manufacturer. I hope so. I mean, with, with <laughs> Porsche, it, it definitely would be. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mission X is kind of cool. I mean, I would, I could see that being. A, if you told me that this is a production hypercar and it's coming out. Six months from now, I would 100% believe you. Um, yeah. Successor to the 959 Carrera GT 918 Spider, which right now they don't have like a Halo car. They don't have a hypercar level, you know. No, it's and it's been 10 years. Model. Can you believe yeah. it? Since the first uh, of the tr- the hybrid Trinity came out? My knees hurt. <laughs> Just thinking about it. <laughs> God, I'm so old. <laughs> 10 years. Um, what were so, you doing 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I was riding the school bus. <laughs> I was uh, doing taxes. <laughs> Cause I'm um, old. Um, yeah, this, it, it looks yeah. really sleek. Like you said, I think, uh, one thing that confuses me a little bit about it is that they said that it's aimed to smash the Nurburgring record, sure. which it doesn't look like. Like it's very clean body yeah. lines. It's not no crazy fins and wings. Um, and they it's said a that ground effects concept and everything's happening I mean, underneath. It, it must because they claim that downforce will be in well well in excess of the new GT3 RS. Jesus, really? So yeah, they said. Um, oh my God, which is which is eight hundred sixty kilograms of downforce. So it says well in excess of that. I mean, it's got kind of like a built-in spoiler situation in the back, but that's... I feel I like that's a really I, bold claim for what this thing looks like. I mean, I, unless I they've got a... Unless they've got a Gordon Murray fan going in the back. No, I want to see the rear diffuser and see how, like... If it's got huge, like, Venturi type of things going on, then yeah. Yeah, the tunnels are pretty big. Okay, yeah, that's huge. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. cool. I like that they actually, you know, built a thing and rolled it out instead of uh, just showing, like, renders. Yeah, okay. I th- Yeah, there's got to be a lot happening underneath there. That's cool. I wonder if it's uh, if it's another flavor of a Rimax Nevera with the numbers that they're talking about. Yeah, it lo- I mean... It that looks would make like sense, it. right? So, I have a question for you. What? Do you think that the next rollout of uh, top-tier hypercars from the big three, McLaren, Ferrari, and Porsche, are going to go this route where it's an EV? Or do you think they're still going to be leaning into the hybrid? I will tell you that for Ferrari, it will be hybrid. 
Um, McLaren hybrid. McLaren's mm-hmm. first electric car will be an electric SUV that they're going to build in partnership with like BMW or something, you know, um, mm-hmm. Porsche EV full on EV. I mean, they've shown already with the Taycan what they can do and, you know, just turn that up to 11 and use all the resources that they now have with Rimats. Yeah. Um, which will be an interesting, very interesting mix. Those three. Brands. Yeah. Um, cause I was thinking about that. Like, cause I, I asked you that question cause I kind of already knew the answer to, to, uh, Ferrari and, and McLaren. Cause like we've seen the test mule for the Ferrari just sort of bumbling about Italy nor deny <laughs> it's um, on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think we, I, I'm, I'm expecting McLaren to do something similar with the way that they're oh, going sure. with the Artura and, and all yeah. of that. So they have, I mean, uh, they but have... Porsche, they can kind of do whatever they want cause they don't have a mid engine platform that they sure. use all the time. Um, so it would be interesting to have the big three and only, and one of them be, be not combustion engine powered at all. Yeah. If, if one weren't it, I would, I would bet my money on Porsche to be the one. Yeah. I mean, they're just so for much further along than the other two with electric cars. Um, I mean, in the mission X is they're, they're talking about doing 1700 horsepower and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Which is rem- in the remote's numbers really. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's like, Right. It makes it makes sense, um, you know. I mean, McLaren have a really their V eight is still really good. It's old, but that four liter is really good. Um, yeah. Their electric motors, really good. Put three of them in a car, you know, instead of just one in the Artura. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whatever comes after the seven fifty, we'll probably just have one electric motor. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll two. be it'll probably be. A similar recipe to the Artura, just with, with more a, power. With a four liter probably, V8 instead of the... I would think the V8, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I don't think, for McLaren, I don't think it's going to be enough to do a, a, a higher power output six-cylinder with a single motor that makes 800-something horsepower, you know, to bring it in line with the two, Ferrari 296 GTV. they got to go with the V8 and just leapfrog it. That's yeah. just the way that they have things positioned right now, where the Artura sits below the 296 and whatever comes after the 750 will sit above it. And then above that, you know, we have the SF90 on our side. So it's going to be like a thing where they're competitors, but not. You know what I mean? It's going to, they're going to kind of fill in the blanks in between each other. Yeah. Which I think from a, yeah. you know, from a manufacturer model hierarchy standpoint, makes sense when you're thinking about selling cars. That way somebody can buy a 296 GTB and then also buy, you know, the McLaren and feel like, I've got two different cars, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Are SF90s still in production? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, both the Stradale and the Spider. Gotcha. Yep. So we're still delivering both. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, um, Mission X. That'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of actually producing a hypercar in the next... I would. I would imagine by... 2025 2026 we will see a porsche hypercar i was gonna say sooner how long did it take for them to go from mission e to tycon let's see mission e debut was in 
2019, 2019. Um, it was only a year then, right? The Tycon was... They must have was... had 2020. Oh, no, the Mission E was 2015. What am I doing? Yeah. 2015 was... Uh, the mission E 2019 was the Tycon. I got that backwards. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so maybe 26 is um, somewhat on target for that. Sure. I could I could see that. I think it also yeah. again, it also helps where they could just take our Rimats Nevera and put a different body on it and do all that crazy arrow stuff. You know, not that that's a simple thing to do, but like a lot of the engineering stuff is done. You don't have to do much more than the Nevera. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that car it's is just not the Porsche way. The, it isn't, but you know, let them. I don't know. Yeah, part of me is like you know, I it, it would benefit them to kind of play more towards vo- the Volkswagen Group's um, corporate strengths. <laughs> but to your point, yeah. that isn't the Porsche way. They've always kind of gone rogue a little bit within the company. They're done sort their, of like done their Apple. Own thing on the side. They're sort of like Apple where they just like to have control over everything. Even though they're owned yeah. by a bigger company like Volkswagen and they can share parts, they don't. Yeah. Like Lamborghinis use Audi keys, Porsches have Porsche keys. <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that. But yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the four liter V8 that they put in everything is, I think, a different story. But like. That's true. I That's could just true. imagine like a Porsche meeting with like their Audi counterparts or whatever. And they'd be like, yeah, I guess we will use it. Fine. (laughs) You've convinced us. Yeah. Uh, Or they're like, you know what? We've come up with a great idea. (laughs) And then they tell them, we will use your four liter V8. And Audi (laughs) is on the other side of the table. have been like, we've been trying to get you guys to use it for three years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. We just came up with. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, any anything else on Porsche before I insult some more Germans with my terrible <laughs> accent? Um, I mean, I guess the um, now that we're talking about Porsches and EVs and sharing parts, I guess the sharing parts part isn't too relevant. But um, the new Boxster is going to be electric as well. Um, yeah. I wonder. It would be that would be kind of cool to have like a mini Mission X. Yeah. Or that would be cool mini two-door Taycan. I, I, I want that. Yeah, that, that would be cool. I, rear, I Do you, uh, do you know, is it rear-wheel rear drive only, or are they going to put two, two motors in, in it and have an all-wheel drive Boxster? Uh, we really don't know much about it. Um, reading a Car and Driver article. Um, I just want a rear-wheel drive one. Single motor. 900-volt electrical architecture. Doesn't say anything about wheels driven. Yeah, nine hundred. Okay. Which is what uh, is listed on the Mission X. So okay, I think cool. that must be their new, um, new platform that they'll nice. be rolling out. Cool. Targeting a curb weight of thirty six hundred and fifty pounds. I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, which is fairly lightweight for an EV, I would say. Yeah, that's decent. I mean, for uh, I mean, <laughs> it's there. There's EVs, and then there's you know, sporty EVs, and then there are like you know, high performance EVs. So yeah. for that, that I think that's pretty good. Yeah. 
this current driver article is saying uh, expect the base model to have a single motor with at least 450 horsepower driving oh, the rear go. wheels. Let's go. Yeah. Later, a second motor driving the front wheels will bring an all-wheel drive to the 718, and eventually there will be a model with upward of a thousand horses. I don't. I don't want know about it. that. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't know about that. Keep that with the for the 911 and the Taycan. Give me something with like okay power. 400 horsepower. That's a lot. That's for what that where that car sits in the. You know, the, model the line. more we I, talk I, about you know. this this uh, manual EV thing, I just want all these companies that are forced to, to go EV to do that. I think that'd be so cool. Yeah. And just make. I it wonder what the market would be for that. What would the market be for a thousand horsepower seven eighteen with all wheel drive? Why? It wouldn't. Yeah, like who wants that? Yeah. Also, what, how you know much they're going to sell cost? out, right? We're we're saying this right now, but they're going to sell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, wonder. The cost thing is yeah. another thing, because like for 140, 150 grand, you can get a seven eighteen GT four, something like that, mm-hmm. right? How much is the yeah. GT four RS? GT four RS is about a buck fifty with the Visoc. I think it's like one seventy, one eighty. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know, man. That's unnecessary for that car. I hope that they say that for a different model. Yeah. I yeah. I I'm this, really interested to see where the even if they don't do a thousand horsepower variant, I'm really interested to see how the EV version of the Boxster slash Cayman right. will do. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I don't know, I'm scratching my um, head. Like, why would you do? That? I don't know. Well, anyway. Speaking of that platform, um, they did a a Spider RS. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. They've never done a convertible RS. Um, I'm surprised that they branded it that way. Me too. But I guess I don't know how else they would brand it. Um, They're running out of letters. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool. I think it, I'm glad that they did it. Let me look this up. Spider RS. I mean, it's. I don't like the intakes, like the way that they design them. I think they're kind of dinky looking. Yeah. Like they just stick up. Again, I don't know how else they would have done it, but I don't like the way they did it. They're kind of just there. Yeah. Like, I feel like the the spider should be a little more elegant, and it's branded as an RS, so it's going to have all the aggressive stuff on it. Right. But they, 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 I just I feel know. like yeah. it would have been better to go with a more elegant body and just, like, the, the only thing that's carried over is the RS motor and those air boxes. Yeah. I mean, even if you have to detune it a little bit, you know what I mean, with the smaller intakes on the sides, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, they just it is cool that it exists though. More than anything. Yeah. But also like if you like it that I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't dislike the car, but I'm just also like I don't really care. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I would rather a GT4 RS. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All day, because, I don't know. I don't know, maybe it's just not for me. I'm if the they, cranky if they person offered who doesn't it, want a thousand horsepower boxer, so. Yeah, if they offered it in a manual, I might I might want the, the topless version. Um, okay. But it, Here's what know. I wish they would have done. So they, I'm, I'm glad that they finally did a GT4 RS. Um, I think they should bring back the R 
moniker and do a Cayman R, which is just a GT4 RS in sort of like a touring spec okay. and a manual transmission. That's cool. I would like that. I'm with you. I agree. I think that would be really cool. That would be. A, I think like they a, could a do nice it too. Blend. Sure. Absolutely, they could. Yeah. Porsche, if you're listening to this, we know how much you like making money, and we know how much you like just coming out with new cars. Like you, and we know you'll sell them all. So you know you'll sell them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. So why not build it? I I think that's a great idea. I think you've solved yeah. all of their problems. <laughs> I've have... solved all of the world's problems just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, anything else? Um, I think that covers it for Porsche. You want to stay in Germany? Uh, sure. Do you want, do you want to talk about the um, concept for Mercedes? Yes, I do. That yes, was just do. unveiled? Yeah, 100%. What, what is it called? The 111? C111. Uh, Vision Vision 111. The C111 was the, the concept from the 70s. The Vision 1 hyphen 11. Uh, they, they pulled an Aston Martin and called it a 1 hyphen number it's spelled out too like the it's a concept it's yeah. never going to be built no but, but it's just it's gordon vanegar uh just f- f- continuously flexing his design muscles he's just coming out and his whole team they're just coming out with the wildest craziest coolest stuff it's, now i know it, he's a big name um can you refresh me on some of the cars he's responsible for do you know offhand uh, I'm pulling up a list because it's so many. I know for sure he did the CLS back in the day. Um, notable designs. EQ, a Mercedes SLR McLaren, Mercedes AMG One, uh, A-Class, S-Class, GLE, GLC. He, he's just been the head of their design, their, the chief design officer for a long time now. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, in 2016, he was promoted to um, chief design officer, but he'd been working in the company since the 90s. So, he's just had his hand in a ton of ton of cars. Um, anyway, so, they rolled out with this orange thing. It's absolutely wild. It's like retrofuturism, which I really like. If you've heard me talk about the concepts that Hyundai's coming out with, you know, the, what was it called? The N74? Yep. The yeah, which actually, 74? now that you bring that up, uh, so I vision. was, I didn't get to read it, but I saw a Top Gear article titled "Here, here it is." Hyundai is serious about building an Envision seventy four production car. Let's go, dude! They're gonna kill it with their retro stuff, you know. Um, yeah, the the back of this Mercedes reminds me of the new uh, De Tomaso stuff. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what this design reminded me of. Thing. It's got kind of like that pixelated look to the taillight um, LED graphic. Uh, gullwing doors. Come on, man. A Mercedes yeah. with gullwing doors. Make it happen. It's been too long. Um, so the exterior is, is giving me Hyundai vibes, De Tomaso vibes. But then the interior is just pure Mercedes concept. It's got like chrome seats. <laughs> It's like completely blinged out. Um, like I said, the gullwing doors, uh, wild steering wheel with like knobs and dials on it and stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's two gullwing doors, but it's um, two rows of seating. 
you know, none of this is going to really make it to production, but it, I hope at least some of it does. Um, so yeah, it's just crazy and I love it. And it's the perfect blend of, you know, this is how you do retrofuturism, right? You know, yeah. it's stuff like this yeah. It's the stuff that Hyundai's doing with their concepts. I need more of this and I need more of this to actually make it to production as opposed to like the, let's be real kind of boring stuff a lot of companies mm-hmm. are doing. like it's exciting to have crazy fins and canards and louvers and wings i feel like every car right now coming out from everybody just about looks like a crazy time attack car you know and we've kind of sacrificed good design in a lot of ways so mm-hmm. looking at something like this it's like okay i want i want something that kind of goes back to the roots of what good design is you know yeah, and I think it's cool. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Just real quick correction. It's not uh, two rows of seating. It is a two seater. It has luggage that straps down behind the <laughs> seats on the deck. And when I looked at it very quickly, I thought that was more seats. Because <laughs> oh. the chrome <laughs> luggage has like a quilted pattern on it that matches the front seats. Anyway, continue. Okay. Um, I'm glad that it's orange and not silver. I think that's really cool. Oh, sure. I know Mercedes's thing is silver. Oh, they made up for it on the interior, man. <laughs> they really. <did. laughs> um, you know what car it reminds me of, and I think part of it is because it's orange. Um, was the Bertoni Stratos Zero? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's one of my I... favorite concept cars. Yeah. Ever. Wow, that's a really good man. That's a really good callback, dude. Good job. Yeah, it's like, I, I think it's just because it's <laughs> very much like a block, an orange blob of sorts, just sort of sculpted into uh, a car. Yeah, I mean, the Bertone's kind of more of a wedge. Yeah. Uh, but it's got that, it's got a very, very low slung nose, and yeah, the color definitely helps too. Yeah, yeah, this thing looks wild though. I'm not, I'm not, uh usually the type of guy that's interested in concepts just because i know it's never gonna nothing that's even remotely close to looking like that is gonna make it to production right um but i think it's fun to look at them sometimes i think i think it's cool to see manufacturers have fun with design and see like yeah what they would do if there were no rules yeah which is sort of why it's interesting to see these track-only cars because there are no rules there either. I think it's wild that as the car industry is in this place where they can come out with cars that you literally cannot drive on the roads. They cannot do the thing that cars are meant to do. And there are millions of pounds and euros and dollars, and there's a market for them, mm-hmm. and people are buying them because that's, that's just yeah. where we are. Yep. And all the people that grew up idolizing cars like the McLaren F1, the CRK GTR, and everything else that came out before it, you know, that was just inaccessible. Um, now that they have the money, <laughs> they're going to spend 4 million euros on a Bugatti Bolide <laughs> that you cannot right. drive to work. <laughs> Not that you'd right. be driving to work anyway if you could afford a Bolide, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's a good point. Like, like people who grew up like drooling about a, a over a CLK GTR. Um, and now have that kind of crazy money, they have a second chance at doing that with an AMG one. Right. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. The Aston Martin or, you know, whatever it else is out there. Right. Exactly. Um, you brought up the, um, Bertone Stratus one. So that was a concept for Lancia, uh, that yep. they did. Lancia is 
kind of making a comeback. They're like in hibernation right now. It's really interesting. Uh, have you seen anything from them? No, I haven't. On purpose, because they're in hiding. And they've got something brewing. They have like a new uh, design language. They have a, It's a lot of abstract stuff. So if you go to launcha.com and you click on the thing that says New Era, um, they talk about like their heritage, where they came from, but also like where they're going. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I just went on their website and there's a green crazy looking concept thing. The Pura HPE is a concept of theirs. Uh, but then click on new the, era and you'll see like a, just an it's a bunch object. of elements. It's, yeah. it's an equation. It's cool. Um, new era. Yeah. Whoa. They're doing some really, really interesting stuff. So Lancia, Lancia made one car for many, many years. And I think in 2019, they were like the second or third highest selling car in Italy. And it was this, the little eco, eco hatchback thingy. I always forget what it's called. Um, so here's a storied brand that made crazy race cars and, um, you know, all this stuff that they've done. And, and they've now, got such a legacy. Right. And they've just been dormant <laughs> for so long. Is it the Ypsilon? It's, I think it was the Ypsilon. I'm I don't know. It's a car I didn't really care about, so I don't remember. Because <laughs> they didn't sell it anywhere outside of Italy. Um, <laughs> oh, not even outside of Italy? No, because they, they, they pared back so much. Um, you know, this is a brand that was struggling for many, many years. Um, but anyway, due to all the restructuring, they're under the um, Stellantis brand, right? Um, and Stellantis are kind of shifting things around um, where I think Lancia is going to be like a high-end, luxurious, almost like a supercar type of thing. Very Italian. They're going to embrace that identity and they're going to have a very like elegant style language to them, you know. So that's where that brand is going. There's no car yet, I don't think. Um but it seems like they're about to have a very, very cool, very special resurgence. So hmm. we'll see what ends up happening. If, if it's a flop, it, it is what it is. But I'm kind of rooting for them because that, that's a very important brand. The Lancia Stratos is just an insane, insanely important car. Um, and they just haven't been the same <laughs> for the longest time. No. After making really kind of boring, bland eco boxes that you know just get people from point a to point b which again there's nothing wrong with that but come on it's launcha right right they have so much more potential yeah um yeah i mean we've we've seen one car come to um but with the uh the hyundai ionic 5 it almost looks like the integrale yeah it's got some some of that vi- those vibes going oh, it'd be for cool sure. to see launch it bring some of that stuff back man if they make anything remotely close to like these concept images that they have um you know i'm gonna be a huge fan of what they're what they're doing i don't see any i saw one concept car and when i click new era it takes me to a silver apple computer mouse yeah, so i don't ob- know <laughs> that's what I said. it's an object this is like their this is their muse if you will you know what i mean yeah in the name of elegance, <laughs> the future is in our roots. So they're they're gonna yeah. you know they're going back to their roots in a way. So hmm. it's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to 
try to read a little more about this. I've, yeah. I th- they just need some attention and some love from their corporate parents. You know what I mean? Because Stellantis is obviously, everybody knows, it's a huge company. It's the fourth largest card maker in the world now after the merger between um, PSA and um, FCA. So, the, like, the Peugeot group of French companies and Fiat Chrysler. So, you mm-hmm. can put those two companies together and you have, you know, a crazy crazy large company with a lot of resources so i hope that they have some decent funding and some good attention from their parent company so they can actually do some cool elegant beautiful designs yeah totally um now that we're talking about uh launch out what's that resto mod that henry catchpole drove recently the don't call it a launch call yeah what is are you talking about the chimera or no Yes. You talking about the Camaro? Evo 37, that's what it's called. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of a resto mod. I guess kind of. Kind of. It think yeah. it's so cool. It's so cool though. I thought it was I, a, I thought it was a scam. I saw it on Instagram and in like a, a a sponsored or suggested post or something like that. I'm like this is stupid. This isn't real. And I'm like, "Oh no, it's a real company. <laughs> they actually made it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love like we were saying, I love watching anything with Henry Catchpole in it and he drove this car and it it, it just looks like apparently it it drives the way it looks. Um and some of the liveries in that video that they show on customer cars are so cool. Yeah, the, the martini. Martin, some of the martini yeah. racing stuff. It's really, really cool. So yeah, I want one. The Evo thirty seven and then they have um man, their website is beautiful as well. I'm just kinda of scrolling around it right now. Uh I'm I'm in Italian at the moment. I think this is I just I need to learn more Italian. I mean it's making sense to me. I'm piecing it together. But, yeah, very cool. Very cool accomplishment. I want one. They sound amazing, yeah. dude. It sounds so old school and so raw. Yeah. I forget what uh, sort of interesting engine that they use, but I think it, it sort of uses technology from one of their uh, rally-winning engines. Is that right? I'm, I switched over to English. <laughs> and so now I can tell you all about the engine. Um, it is... Uh, <laughs> It's a four-cylinder inline supercharged by a supercharger and a turbocharger. Oh, boy. Um, very high power output at high revs. Um, it's very cool. Yeah, because Henry talked about the, the lag and how it's really peaky. Yeah. It's, which is, uh, is interesting. The car will perform highly in all conditions. This is a quote from Claudia Lombardi, the, you know, the, the dude. Uh, the car will perform highly in all conditions, both at low revs where the torque will not require a gear change to go away in a progressive manner, and at high revs where all the potential in terms of horsepower will develop. That's what made the S4 a winner. That's the motor. The S4, which has been tested and driven by many pilots, pilots who had also... This is such a direct translation from Italian. Piloti. <laughs> <laughs> Multi piloti. Who had also had experience with other Group B uh, of the S4. Everyone agreed that it had the best powertrain. This is cool. It is cool. It says it makes about 500 horsepower and paired with a six-speed manual gearbox, which I guess was the same gearbox used in the Gallardo and R8. Uh, okay. <laughs> Interesting fact. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's uh, very different because a lot of these hypercar-type 
cars are more track focused. You don't really see yeah. much rally stuff. Uh, I would not take this on a rally. It's just too beautiful. But, um, yeah. I it's, mean, mad props to anybody that does. Um, Lumber 21. <laughs> yes. Did you see his la- like latest post with his GT3 RS? Yeah. It's so funny. Awful. I think it, one of his captions, one of his captions was just t- took delivery of my Dakar. <sighs> just kidding. Not really. <laughs> I... And it was a picture of his three RS. Oh my god. Physical pain. Yeah. I cringe. <laughs> like I love it. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but it's like oh. He's no. a legend. Um, He's a legend. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, retro is the new new. Keep doing it. Yeah. Mancha will be reborn. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's about all I got. Do you have anything else you want to chat about on this week's episode? Um, I've, I mean, I've got plenty of other cars I'd like to talk about, but we've taken up quite a bit of time. <laughs> do you so want to jump can... into any quick fire stuff or do you want to save it for another episode? We can do that. Uh, let's continue next week. There's plenty to talk about. Sound, you know what? Can I just say I'm just so proud of us that we recorded two episodes two weeks in a row. After we're, like a three-month hiatus, we're killing it, man. We are actually back. We're back. We're back. Ferrari's back. They won Le Mans. We're here to again stay for the first time since they came back. Yep. Yep. We can talk about that next week. We'll uh, we're probably going to do an F1 series, right? Yeah, we'll start Montreal this up. weekend. Yep. Red more, flag during practice today. So many. There's like four yeah. red flags. FP1 they canceled basically, and they added half an yeah. hour to practice two, and then. That was a debacle. You know, everybody broke down. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, check out the show notes for links to our socials, both the Elevens Podcast Instagram and our individual Instagram accounts as well. We're super active there. Um, if you haven't already, we'd really appreciate a thumbs up rating or five stars or whatever it is on the um, podcast platform that you're listening to us to. That does go a long way. Um let us know if uh, we missed anything, if there are any cars that have been announced since we've been gone that were important to you or you thought that, uh, you know, we should talk about. Let us know. Um, otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.